Hello and thank you for tuning into the Young and Anointed podcast. This is a place for deep conversations about mindset, stewardship, and the development of a relentless pursuit of your passions. This podcast is a Sky Media production, and we hope that you enjoy the show. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Young and Anointed podcast. My name is Martel. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning, or whenever you choose to listen to this. My name is Karen Hubbard, otherwise known as Queen K. And if you're live, you may notice my camera is off. It's conveni- conveniently not working this morning, but best believe I'm still just as cute as last time. Still just as cute as last time, and don't y'all forget it. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't fear. People, this is episode number 52. You know, you know why that's It's because episode number 52 means that you have 52 episodes of the Unanointed Podcast. So every single week of an entire year, you have one episode. Wow. At this point. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. We are to us and to you. <laughs> <laughs> we out here for real, for real. And you know what? I'm ha- just like Karen said, I'm happy for y'all and happy for us too. We made it. We made it. It's November 30th, the end of the year. And we got a topic that has been long awaited, and I think we should just go ahead and get into it. It is episode number 52, Generational Wealth. Deep breath. Karen, you ready? Deep breath. Deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. Deep breath. So, Karen, I know you wanted to start it off because so typically I would go ahead and just throw it to you to, to open the thing up. But I know you wanted to do it a little differently. So what was that question that you had um, before we went went, went live? Yeah. Prior to that, I kind of want to start off with like what we both think generational wealth is. So my question for you is what is it? So me, I think in this episode, I think you're going to hear me say generational wealth is a few different times. There's going to be like multiple times where I start a sentence with generational wealth is and then I give a different ending to it because I think generational wealth is made up of a few different things. And like to really figure it out, you got to you got to break it down and and figure out the terms. So like there's generational wealth um, that comes in the form of uh, economic wealth and then there's generational wealth that's more spiritual. I think those two things make up real generational wealth because I don't think you can say just because someone has a lot of money and then hands it to their kid that that's that that's authentic. That's exactly the picture of what generational wealth is, because in a lot of cases you run into the situation where you see um, a rich person handed to their, their child and then their child blows the entire thing and then doesn't n- come even close to uh, the success that their parent did. So a perfect example of that is like uh, the Gucci family. Mm. Nobody, if you, if you look Wait, at don't Gucci you mess up the right movie now, for me. Don't mess up the movie. Don't you mess up the movie for me. I haven't seen it. 
I'm telling you the story of the people. <laughs> okay, good, good. As long if as you look at the Gucci, if you get look at the brand right now, you're not gonna find a person with the last name Gucci. And it started with the Gucci family. So, but but when you look at like Ford, it's it's all Ford. They go from Henry Ford, and then you get all the kids of Ford, and then the grandkids of Ford, and they keep moving down. If you go, there's there's a bunch of different brands that go the same exact way, but there's a difference. I think wealth was transferred. So in the Gucci family, there was a lot of money that was transferred from one generation to the next, but there was no wealth mentally, spiritually that mm. went on. So that legacy of, of financial wealth could not be sustained. So what is generational wealth? I actually have, I made up a little definition for it. And I'm gonna give it to y'all. Okay. This is the first, this is the first way I'm gonna explain it. Generational wealth is being a powerful influence and example for good, in which you present the opportunity for the next generation to achieve greater things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So generational wealth, I think, is you as a parent having living in a way living as an example living with high moral standards living um in a certain way that influences one the people around you but because you because you have because you live in such a way that influences the people around you of course your seed is going to be influenced the most by how you live and so mm -hmm. if that influence if that example produces a seed that lives in a similar way to that. And because you lived in that way, you open up opportunities for them to do things that they were created to do. Then that is generational wealth. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to break that down even further, if I'm a person who, right? Like I say, I don't have a whole lot of money, right? I don't have a whole lot of money, such as the situation with, um, a lot of people that we know about today, like Jay-Z, Oprah, their parents weren't rich. And with a lot of black people who are who made it to great success today, they didn't start off with it. Like they didn't get that, you know, trust fund or inheritance from a long line of rich people. It was like my mother worked hard. My mother lived mm -hmm. like this. My mm -hmm. mother did these things and made sure that it was instilled in us. So mm -hmm. we had no choice but to live in this way. We saw her do this, so it made us want to do these things. And so they lived in that way, which gave them the opportunity because also seeing the example, being the second generation of seeing how someone lives gives you a new, a different perspective on their situation. So if you are a kid of a person who was a hard worker, a mother who worked really hard and, you know, had three kids and had to had three kids, three jobs and had to provide for everybody because, you know, maybe a husband left early on in, in the relationship, but had the kids and left them. Mm -hmm. um, those kids, they might see that example of the mother who works hard and does whatever it takes to get the job done. But because they see it and they're not actually in it. They have the they have the time and the opportunity to think of a new way or a better way of doing things or a more effective way of doing things. And if that person lived in a certain way that was that had high moral standards, 
or who who was a respectable person or who lived in a certain way that was disciplined and made sure that things were taken care of and they had certain principles that they lived by, that kid is influenced by those things. And so when you give that kid who's influenced by their parent the opportunity to, or, or a gift, say they can rap, Jay-Z, or say they just have a good, good business sense, they can take what they learned from their parent from all that influence, because they have, if, when you're raised in that house, you, you can't help but be influenced by the person who's living there with you or who's, take, who's providing for you, who's caring for you, who's taking you from school to class to, to everything, every single day. You can't help but be influenced by it. That's just how it works. So if you take that and then add what you, what you are naturally, what's already in you, then you have the opportunity to go do something that's great. You have the opportunity to go do something that nobody's ever done before. You have the opportunity to go do something greater achieve more than what the the previous generation was ab ever able to do because they can't see they didn't have the awareness or they didn't have the opportunity that you have because they paved that way for you okay okay generation well all right <laughs> who there's there's a lot to unpack there and we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it okay so before i feel like before we kind of proceed my definition is definitely a lot shorter, but it can be unpacked to the extent that you did. And I mm. feel like my personal definition, like without looking at anything, um, I made a note to myself and I said, wealth is access to abundance that leads to elevation of perspective and achievement. That's it. And there's a lot packed into that statement that honestly is synonymous to like exactly what you just said, like opportunity and how opportunity leads to achievement. But I think something that we had in common was thinking about how wealth is just the opportunity. It doesn't mean that access is automatic, like automatically grants worth something just because your parents did something, but it's about what you did with it. And I think last mm -hmm. week I kind of mentioned this about generational curses. Like it's your job to take what your parents gave you and make it your own. That's it. So if your parents handed you a, a pile of hot steaming garbage, what you going to do with it? If your parents load, like gave you a boatload of money, what you going to do with it? And like a lot, not a lot of people have that wherewithal to be able to do something productive with it. So, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So I think that kind of transitions into our next thing, which you kind of already mentioned a little bit which is what it's made of. And I, I'll go first because I have like a relatively short answer that can be unpacked a little bit. I put down, it's made of blood, sweat, and tears. That's it. It's made of blood, sweat, and, te and tears. That's it. Blood, sacrifice, sweat, work, tears, sorrow. It takes so much to switch over a generational progression. And right now, I feel like Martel and I are definitely kind of on the precipice of where we're deciding what kind of turn, like we're making 90 degree turns <laughs> on the course of which our, our, our previous families um, have charted. And it's just so, it's so amazing to think about like how like in your lifetime, you can change everything. And Martel, I know, I know that you probably have a couple of examples of how, uh, like you mentioned Jay-Z um, in the background that he came from. It's possible to just switch around it's difficult, but it's made of blood, sweat, and tears. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think, yes. 
But let me put it. Let me put it like this, <clears throat> and then tell me your thoughts afterwards. Okay. Tell me what you think about this. So, like I was saying, is generational wealth is two parts. There's wealth economically, and then there's wealth spiritually. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's made up of these two things because you can have, but but the more important of the two is the wealth um, spiritually. So, but how do you build up wealth spiritually? How do you become that person who can transfer, who can influence a child in such a way that makes that allow that makes them live better? <laughs> that 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 allows them to bypass certain struggles, certain issues, certain curses, generational curses that other generations had to deal with, that you might have had to deal with, but that kid doesn't because you lived in a certain way, you overcame certain things um, so that they wouldn't have to. They don't have to deal with that because it wasn't an example in you. They didn't follow that same example. So spiritual wealth um, comes from the things that are actually valuable. So today, I think Earl Nightingale anybody who knows him he was he was like the guy who did a lot of like the mental he he was one of the early 1900 dudes who would always talk about who was like the beginning of the secret like what the yeah. secret comes yeah. from mm-hmm. so like you know visualizing and and you know affirmations and things like that but he said something that was profound and i think it goes with this topic today he said and things that are given to us for nothing, we place little value on. Things that we pay money for, we value. The paradox is that exactly the reverse is true. Everything that's really worthwhile in life comes to us for free, and like our minds, like our souls, our bodies, our hopes, our dreams, our ambition, our intelligence, um, our love of family, children, and friends and country. These, all these priceless possessions are free. So, in the world today, we have a price for things like a Lamborghini costs a couple hundred thousand dollars that you can get it. We place a lot of value on stuff like that. If you pull up in that, I think of you in a certain way, right? Because you are important. <laughs> you, you, I perceive you as more important because you have things that cost more. Jay-Z said it in a song uh, on Drake's new album, actually. Everybody wants something. You know the price of everything, but the value of nothing. The value of your mind is way more, way more expensive, way more precious than the value of your car. Now, we on the surface, we're like, okay, yeah, we are. Everybody knows that. That's, you know, that's common knowledge right there. But we don't place. But I think you really see what someone places value on by how they live their life. So Mm -hmm. if I'm a person who I'm studying, I'm trying to change my habits so that I can be a better person. I'm trying to live by certain moral standards. That's me um, building up my spiritual wealth. That's me building up my mind. That's me valuing the things that are most important, that are actually valuable. But if I'm the person who's always just trying to buy something new so that you think that I've I've got something going on or just so I can show off or that I can just so I can feel good about myself, then I put my value in the wrong things. Right. And so mm-hmm. building up that spiritual wealth, your mind, wisdom, 
having a lot of wisdom and then living, living out that wisdom, being that person, being that example of wisdom, I think creates generational wealth because your kid can see that as the example. Yeah. If they okay. just buy a bunch of stuff, then they might buy a bunch of stuff with the money that you give them, but they don't mm. know how to get anything. <laughs> they don't know how to actually, <laughs> they don't have their value in the right place. So they can't actually get what you got, what you were able mm -hmm. to get. Mm -hmm. Twofold. You can hand down money, which is great. Or, and you can hand down wisdom through influence, generational wealth. I think those, those are the two things that it's made up of. Okay. Okay. I think I would say I, I agree to a certain extent because I feel like it's, it's multifaceted. Right. But mm -hmm. I was also thinking as I was kind of reflecting as you were talking and thinking about, okay, like I can see how you can fit multiple things into those categories to where like, okay, like if you take patience, for example, that's a fruit of the spirit that can go underneath, you know, wisdom um, or, or, spirituality like your, your spiritual wealth so I, I can see how everything can be like funneled down into two categories i i don't necessarily do that in my mind but that definitely makes sense but something something else that you said that kind of struck me that i'm not sure what i think about it yet so you said um you're referencing like a, a quote from so understanding that pretty much came to the conclusion that the things that are actually worthwhile in life are free i don't believe that's true <laughs> i don't think anything worthwhile is actually free. I think in the context of this quote, I think it was talking about it like, you know, financially, like you can't buy happiness, for example. Um, I, I do believe that, but if we're talking about the sense of money, then that's not, that makes sense, but it's not true if you're thinking about what it's going to cost you. So for example, how you were referencing like, okay, I'm choosing to live a life that's called by God. That costs everything. It's going to cost you friends. It's going to cost you family that don't fit into that purpose that you're trying to mold your life around. And if, if we're speaking monetarily, yes, okay, sure. It's, go, it's not going to cost you anything, but it's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you friends. It's going to cost you experiences that everyone's talking about. And just specifically kind of harping on like my personal experience for a moment. I was reflecting the other day. And I was thinking about how like um, I was like at a bar or something with some friends and um, they were like, you know, making fun of me because like I don't know any drinks at the bar. Like I know like two or three drinks. Right. Very but <laughs> I decided a long time ago that that wasn't important to me. And it, it cost mm -hmm. me it cost me social capital, I guess, in the sense like it, it cost me the ability to like, I guess, go into a bar and know exactly what I want. No, I don't know what I want. But what I can tell you is what it takes to get an engineering degree. Not to say that like there's virtue like in a degree if you don't have a passion for something. But I decided a long time ago that I was willing to pay social capital and trade that for education to further along myself and then bring up my future kids who aren't even here yet. Like I, I traded, I traded those experiences for something much more valuable and that's what it cost me. And to kind of put it into parallel for anybody that's seen Infinity War, when Thanos finally like, you know, snapped his finger and he saw like, you know, the younger version of his daughter and she said, what did it cost? He said everything, mm -hmm. everything. And that's how I feel sometimes about like when I'm really pushing for something and I take a second to catch my breath, like mentally or physically, and I'm like, crap, like, is what I'm going for, it does it actually cost as much? And the answer is yes. I didn't pay a dime for it. 
but it's going to take blood, sweat, and tears. It's going to take sweat equity to build up the things that I want in my life and for my kids' lives and for my grandchildren's lives. It, it costs you that mind space to occupy that ability in your mind to keep going for something. So I was really passionate about that quote because I get it from a financial perspective, but not from the perspective of like, you know, the things that are worthwhile are free. They are not. <laughs> they're, they're definitely not. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you focus. Focus costs so much It's like, to be focused, like sincerely, like it, it takes you so much time to derail your your brain from certain thoughts that it's used to thinking. It's used, it automatically thinks that all the time. It automatically thinks, oh, I don't need to do this, or I can do this, I can skip a day, you know, things like that. Like, no, it costs everything. It is difficult. And I, I can't think of like, you know, a currency to like, you know, equate that to, but it costs you something. Generational wealth is expensive. It's expensive to be able to accumulate the wisdom that it takes to own land, to own uh, livestock, to own records. It's, it costs a lot. And that's why you have people who are at, you know, quote unquote, what we call the top in society. And they're still unhappy because it costs right. a lot to be there. It costs a lot to be there. And that's why I'm like, people are like, you can't buy happiness. I don't necessarily believe that from a from, from a financial perspective. I get that. Like, you know, if you had a million dollars, it doesn't necessarily make you happy. But you can trade in your old thoughts for happiness. That'll cost you something. So I, I just think that people think about money. They think about money very single-mindedly. And it, it makes me sick sometimes. <laughs> like when you really get into it, when you, when you really get into that. And honestly, like that's something about generational wealth that like I shifted for myself. Like my family thinks about money very differently on both sides. They think about money very differently. And that just kind of goes back to my my definition of like what wealth is. It's abundance instead of approaching it from a scarcity mindset. Scarcity, scarcity of money that how somebody thinks about money will honestly show you how they think about abundance in general mm. and your ability to attract something and your ability to like actually pray for what you want. and like to have a relationship with God to where he will walk you through the things that you need that that you need to pay to give up to be able to achieve what you want. So that's that, that thought that you said about like things being free that are actually worthwhile. I, I don't actually believe that. I think it costs us something. It doesn't cost us money. It may cost us money, you know, when it, when it comes to like maybe investing in like a who, not a how, but interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm finished. That was a quick rant on that thought specifically. I don't know if any of that made sense. I'm happy to clarify it. Yeah. I mean, you just, because, well, just from the quote, I was talking literally money, <laughs> like, li like literally you can't buy. So like, can you buy focus? Can't like, can you buy, can you focus? buy focus? Can you literally buy, can I you go to the store? It, huh? The way I thought about it is you can buy a book, but that doesn't mean you're going to read it. Doesn't mean you're going to read it. Right. You can be given a thousand books. You can be given a million dollars. You can be given a house, a mansion. You can be given every nice car, but that doesn't mean you know how to earn it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It takes that wisdom. Yep. Which is a something that can't literally be bought. So blood, sweat, and tears, most definitely. Mm -hmm. It does take a lot of work. 
I mean, but just that the, the cost word is the one thing that um, I was speaking of it literally, and you were speaking of you were you're speaking of it like more of uh, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're on the same page for sure. Oh no, we're on the same yeah. page. I just don't like that quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, you and I are good. <laughs> yeah, please don't, please don't misunderstand. We're not talking about being broke and and just and being okay with being broke. That's a completely different conversation. We might cover that in another episode, but that is not what this quote is necessarily talking about. And that's not what we talking about, okay? Okay, got it. Just real quickly on that, a lot of, and I'm not, I'm not gonna stay on this for very long, but, but just real fast, real fast. A misconception that I see when I read the Bible and then when I look at what's happening in real life is people think that God is supposed to use you and you're supposed to be content with whatever you you have, but God can't use you if you don't create if you don't make your per, yourself a person of value. So to build up that value, you need to do things. You need to work. You need to learn. You need to increase your wisdom. You need to go out and experience. You need to go out and be a person of value. Build up that value. Be good at something. Be known for something. And so God can use you in that area in a big way. But if you just sit and wait for God to tell you, okay, wake up. All right, now, um, wake up, brush your teeth, read. Read this book specifically from this author. All right, now go do this. All right, now eat. God is not giving you all that information. (laughs) He's gonna hand you a seed. Boom, you got the seed. Do something. (laughs) He's going to give you an idea. Do something. He's going to give you an inch. You're going to be passionate about this one thing. Do something with it. If you don't do anything with it, then he can't use you in that area. You'll never be that person. If you you have a problem with something in society, right, It's, it's really pressing to your heart. But and you're asking God to make that change in that area. But you haven't done anything to actually affect that area on your own. You haven't actually learned what you needed to learn so that you can be used in that area so that you can actually affect and make real change. And so the problem is you never became a person of value because you were you misconstrued what content was. You misconstrued what was valuable and what God meant by he's going to use you. Karen is back. (laughs) All right. So let's move on. How do you achieve generational wealth? This is the million dollar, trillion dollar question. It's funny, I was asking my, I talked to my dad last night and because you know, when we come up, when we have a topic, I'm always like, hey, so the next week on the podcast, we're gonna be talking about this. Do you have any thoughts on it? And so I asked him that, he said, is it really possible? If so, how? And then he he started list he listed businesses, life insurance, real estate, stock, question mark. And so, one, I think we we broke down a lot of um, a lot of that already. But now, transitioning to, is it really possible? If so, how? Mm-hmm. Karen, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it is really possible. I think. 
the how. I think you have to take inventory of what you have first. I think people are really quick to look at what they don't have and they always like gravitate naturally towards like money. Okay. What do you not have? Instead of taking a look at the money you don't have, it's like, okay, well, does my family know how to make money? What has your family done? If you don't have like, you know, that history to look upon, that's fine. Great. You have nothing. You don't know. Taking inventory of what you do have and like recognizing and maybe compounding on the things that are positive to you, determining like determining where you're going is going to be a lot easier when you figure out what you have first. So I feel like I'm kind of naturally gravitating towards steps. So, okay, figure out what you have, figure out where you want to go and then do it. And I think people get the confused about the do it part because they expect that if they automatically like, you know, do their family research and figure out their family history, then they know like, oh, my family's good at this. What your family's good at may necessarily may not necessarily be exactly the the anointing that you're supposed to operate in. So I think figuring out what sets you on fire during that whole execution of that that last step, which is do it. I think I think that's it. And I think that sometimes we make it too difficult. We make the process too difficult. The implementation and the application is difficult. It, like I said, blood, sweat, and tears. That's that's what it's made of. But I think that that's it, those three steps. That's it. That's the how for me. Got you. Got you. If so, is it possible? If so, how? It's definitely possible because it's been done a bunch of times. Yeah, generation so. generation. It's been done hundreds of thousands of times. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. is it possible? Most definitely. But I think the real question is, can you intentionally create generational wealth? So like, is there a formula that you can follow mm. and you can, and then you can effectively implement generational wealth into your bloodline? Mm -hmm. I think that's the real question. So how? How do you do that? How do you do that? I, if we go back, if we go back to our purpose, if we go back to, you know, the reason we are on the planet, we are supposed to be fruitful, multiply. We are supposed to influence this world with the kingdom culture. So, generational wealth if influence is the purpose for us on this planet affecting everybody around us how much more should we be an example and affect the seed that comes from us i wrote this down yesterday wealth within you is exemplified in the fruit that you produce businesses friendships how you affect people, but your wealth is personified in the seed that you bring into the world because that seed has no choice but to be influenced by you. So how you can produce generational wealth is by making yourself, just like I was talking about making yourself a person of value, you need to make yourself the example. You need to make yourself a person of value. You need to make yourself the way that you would want your kid to be. So like if you live in a way that that upholds with the principles that that 
you think are solid, are good to live by, then I think you can effectively influence your kid to live in that way. So if you, how? How to create generational wealth. How to create generational wealth. Wealth, two ways. Wealth economically, wealth spiritually. Wealth spiritually, you need to be that person. You have to. You have to learn what you need to learn. You need yep. to break down curses. You need to live with, you need to create certain habits and you need to live in that way. Because when you live in that way, you create a culture. Okay. So if you have, if you and your husband or wife have a home and then you have a child, there's a culture in that home. And so if that culture is a way that produces good people, meaning that you come, the people that are around you who are influenced, any sort of, you have any sort of influence on them, they all of a sudden start living in a better way. You've got, a, you've got a solid influence. So you create a culture inside of that home, right? And so that kid, you create generational wealth by creating that culture inside of the home. And so that when that kid goes out into the world, they live in a way that allows them to magnify their purpose and their influence on everybody else. You create a generational wealth. Congratulations. Flip side, economic wealth. <laughs> <laughs> economic wealth is so, and, and look, like I said, you, you, can have, you can have economic wealth without having spiritual wealth and then not effectively create a solid foundation for generational wealth. But if you have spiritual wealth, then you have a better opportunity to create economic wealth and have both of them. And then you will have a solid you will have a solid foundation for generational wealth that can last far beyond your generation. I think just having economic wealth might last to the next one, but then it dies off. It's not going to last that long. Having both of them gives you the, the longest run. OK, and so economic wealth, we know how to do that. I think making money is is way easier than people um, make it seem. I think making money is actually pretty easy when you have a foundation of wisdom, when you actually value wisdom more than you do the actual dollar, because you then become more valuable to people. And when someone has a problem, they want that problem to be solved. And so if they want that problem to be solved and they know that you can solve it, then they're more likely to buy from you. So if you, if the thing that you have um, and the price that you say it costs for you to handle that, to solve that problem for that person, if that price is less than the pain of having that problem, they'll give you all their money for it. I just gave you a whole lesson <laughs> on business. <laughs> There was, there was definitely a lot in that, and you have to be listening really closely to catch it, but thank you for putting it plain for us. Thank you for putting it plain. There it is. There, I just gave, that is the formula. That's the blueprint right there. <laughs> but yeah, so how can it be achieved? I think it comes from living, being that example, and then two, understanding that to affect, to affect change, to actually, if we think about it like this, so like, if Jesus is God's son, came to the earth, died for everybody, would you say that Jesus, would you say that 
there was generational wealth in that relationship from God to Jesus. Real question. Mm -hmm. You say so? I say so. That was a deep question. <laughs> Goodness. Because because think about it. Jesus didn't have a Lamborghini. <laughs> nope. Jesus nope. wasn't riding around no Lamborghini at all. Like, so if there was wealth, where was it? Jesus, Jesus had Jesus had built up so much wealth, so much real wealth. And he put so much value in the things that were actually valuable that he affects us. The people who claim to be children of God and followers of Jesus still are affected by the way this man lived. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. That's generational wealth. I think that is the example of what generational wealth really is. And if you follow what, what Jesus said, the way he lived, you can achieve economic wealth. They outline the blueprint in the Bible. <laughs> yep, it's right there. You got to read it. You got to read it, though. You got to read it. <laughs> you got to read it. They literally outline the blueprint. I mean, step by step. There you go. But if you think that there's generational wealth in that, then from Jesus on, this is generational wealth. This is the long, this is the, these are the long lasting effects of having real, real wealth he was the example wow and i think i think so many people may miss that the first time they hear this because i think that um we continue we continuously reference jesus's life um, when it comes to like not needing much that doesn't mean that you can't have those things but that also really harps on that mindset of like you thinking that you need so many things just to call yourself successful when jesus came down in human form by choice and lived a life worth living that we are still talking about that is generational wealth yes ma'am it's yep. that we go back to it and i've said it in multiple episodes but I'm going to keep saying it until like everybody gets it. <laughs> influence. <laughs> it always comes back to influence every time. Influence is achieved by mm -hmm. living in a certain way. Beautiful. And living and what is that certain way? Boom, read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> just put it that that's the bow that is the bow we're wrapping this up in a pretty bow and the bow says read the bible read the bible boom so i think i think i think we put now there's there's we we there was a lot that was said in this and there was a lot of that that, that could we could go deeper into so like what is it what's what's it made of and how to achieve it each of those could be an episode on its own and I don't think we're necessarily done, but for this episode, I think that was a nice overview of it. Because I didn't even get into all of the different examples, making it very, very plain, all the different examples that we see today, like that we literally know about here in the news today of what generational wealth looks like in our, in our society. But I think that was a nice overview Boom, place that right there. 
look at it, dissect it, and we're going to jump back in later on. Wonderful. So is that time of, is that time of day? <laughs> it's a wonderful Aaron, time of day. <laughs> do you have some words of wisdom for this week? I do. So the words of wisdom for this week are, if you play the part, you will eventually get the part. You said if you play the part, you will eventually get the part? That's it. What that mean? It means that you need to show up as the person that you need to be that can hold the amount of wealth that you are working to achieve. And I Ooh. think that we've talked about this throughout the episode as far as like the virtue of a person, the wisdom, the wisdom will lead to the financial and additional wealth that you're looking for. But first you need to become that person who would be a good steward of it and practice being a good steward of yourself, of your wisdom and showing up as that person that you need to be that can take care of all these amazing things that you want to come from your life. So if you play the part, you will eventually get the part. I think that's next week's topic. What does it mean to become? Becoming, becoming. 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 <laughs> Boom. Well, thank you for that, Karen. And um, for everybody else, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. This is episode number 52. Um, if you felt like, you know, every week you wanted to listen to the Young and Noise podcast, well, we're on every week, but you'll have another episode <laughs> <laughs> that was already done. So go back, you know, listen to it, come back. There's a whole new episode. Boom. There you go. Um, thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. My name is Martel. And my name is Karen Hubbard, otherwise known as Queen K. See y'all later. Peace. Peace. <laughs>